You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. I am your host, Brian Brown, giving Jake Hatch the night off tonight as usual to tend to his jazz and cougar duties. We have a great show ahead for you today, this Thursday, January 28th. We're going to continue on with our review and preview of the position groups going into spring football, but we're going to switch to the other side of the ball and go after tight ends for a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about why 12 personnel matters, what 12 personnel is. Then we're going to switch from the known quantities in Brand Keithy and Cole Fotheringham to the unknowns, Thomas Yasmeen and Dalton Kincaid, what role they might play going forward, why we might need to wait a little bit longer uh, for them to be able to see the field and, and have an effect. And lastly, we'll break down some news regarding a former Utah QB making a big move, another Utah recruit gaining another star, and a major commitment for a program that's not football or basketball that you'll really get excited about. All that and more coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network for Thursday, January 28th, 2021. Welcome in, my Ute fan family. Great to have you here with me today on the fine Thursday. It's a great day to be a Ute. We say that all the time. Some days are better than others. No better day than today, though. Thank you for joining in. This is the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown. I am one of your co-hosts recording solo as we normally do on those late nights where Jake Hatch has a lot to catch up on and set up for the next day radio show that he hosts on 1280 The Zone. We've got a lot to talk about today. But first of all, we must talk about Locked On Utes is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, a favorite of the show. Also by Rock Auto and Bet Online AG. We are so grateful to our sponsors for letting us be on the uh, podcast air. The Waves. Hard to, hard, hard to really translate some of those phrases. When you uh, start out in this thing doing radio, you kind of get used to saying a certain thing. I don't think we're really on the air anymore. I, I guess we'll say Wavelengths. Uh, on the on the the internet, I don't know. Interesting. I'll have to think that one over for a little bit. But let's get right into it. I, I don't want to delay because I think that we have a lot of interesting things to talk about today. I wanted to continue our a review and preview show and talk a little bit about a different side of the football. I, I said previously we we've recapped now defensive ends and defensive linemen, but I want to switch to the other side of the ball because I think. This is a topic that's pretty fascinating to me. It's also one that's kind of popped up on the on the boards over at UteZone.com. As you all know, I, I co-host this with Jake. I write for UteZone.com. I also do some production work for 1280 The Zone in addition to the day job. So I try to stay somewhat busy. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. I, I am probably way too busy. But it's always with good things, and I love what I get to do especially when I get to record these podcasts or write stories at Ute Zone or, or work with the Zone and the great hosts over there. 
But this topic came up on the boards over at Ute Zone, and it was mostly discussing the tight end position and why we haven't seen more emergence. But we'll get to that after we talk a little bit about the review of the tight end position. And I think that any review of the tight end position always starts with Brant Keithy because he is, without a doubt, the best weapon that the Utes have at that position. Now, I want to clarify something a little bit because I think it's important to note that Utah is not the only school that likes to utilize tight ends in a little bit of a unique fashion. 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends, is sort of the in thing right now all across football, NFL, college, even in high school. And what we've seen is that the evolution of the tight end position has gone from the traditional maybe Mark Bavaro type where they're always tight on the line of scrimmage. They're mostly there for blocking and then they catch an occasional pass to being an actual weapon where they can move you outside and and have you work different parts of the secondary and work different zones to stretch defenders in one direction or the other to, to put pressure on the defense both in terms of physicality and also a, a lot of times the height of a tight end will be a big deal. We're starting to see a lot of tight ends that are 6'5 and taller, and that's you know, the evolution of the position. And they're able to really do a lot athletically that, that, that we haven't really seen from players that size in the past. And the counter to that is that there's more of a hybrid or an H type position that's evolving. And and that's, I think, the position. At the University of Utah, they actually call it the U-back, but that's the position that Brant Keithy has really excelled in. And we've seen the variety of ways that Keithy has been used. We've seen him used in, in, the, in the fly sweep. We've seen him used running the ball. We've seen him used as a blocker. We've seen him used in the screen game. We've seen him used incredibly well in the passing game. And it's his athleticism and his versatility that allows them to do that. And so if we're categorizing tight ends, the U-backs on this roster are without a doubt Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. The traditional tight ends are Cole Fotheringham and Thomas Yasmeen. And it was pretty rare that you would see four tight ends on the field at any one time. But the benefit that Utah has is they have the kind of tight ends where you can move them around and put them at different positions. You can line a lot of Utah's tight ends up outside as wide receivers. Utah has some big wide receivers, so they don't have to do that a lot. I think Brian Thompson, Samson Nakua, Solomon Enos are all excellent blockers. They also have athleticism. And so you really don't need the tight ends out there as much. Uh, in terms of setting up different matchups. But where Utah, I think, really can use the 12 personnel is in the run game. And what they can do is they can run a lot of action that we like to call uh, split zone. And and split zone is that action where you see a normal zone handoff and you'll see the tight end or the U-back coming across the action backside to block somebody. And, And the, the things that you can run off of that is you can run a little dump pass. I think we've seen that a few times with Keithy at the goal line and on some fourth down situations. But the whole point of this is to allow one tight end to set the edge to the play side or the side that you're running the play. The other tight end to fill on the backside because it allows your offensive line to work downfield and to create better lanes because you can get more offensive linemen on guys up front and get more movement. And that's always the key to the run game. 
you always want to keep creating lanes for your running backs to run through. I think a common misconception between uh, maybe people who have played up front in the trenches and, and those who watch the games is that blocking is simple and I can just push whoever I want and push them downfield and that's really easy to do. I, I think what's really difficult about it is you see some players, Quentin Nelson is one that really stands out in my mind where they're just so athletically gifted and, and advanced in terms of technique that they can actually do that. One-on-one they can move a guy just on their own. But even someone like Quentin Nielsen does get beat from time to time. And so you counter that by trying to double team as much as you possibly can up front. I always like to point out to people that there is an opposition in everything that you're doing on the football field. So every time you want to run a play, there is somebody who's put in the equal amount of time, effort, and energy to try and stop that play. And a lot of times what it just comes down to is which chess move can you make to surprise the other team? Or... What level can you execute at that's better than what they're doing? And so those are kind of the two, uh, I guess, scenarios that allow you to really be good. And and to get back to the point here, because I don't want to belabor simple football explanations and things like that just to talk about the tight ends. If you have a great tight end who can block on the edge, it allows you to do so much more with your double teams up front and create great lanes. And I think Cole Fotheringham does that. I think Brant Keithy, big U-back type, he really can come on the backside on a lot of those split zones. You can run a lot of actions with him off of that. You know, there's potential for a screen pass. There's a potential for him to duck underneath the defender and release into the flat. You can run some RPO things off of it. There are just a ton of options. And so Brant Keithy gives you flexibility with that, whereas Cole Fotheringham gives you reliability on the edge. And, and Cole is one of the better blockers on the team. And I think some of the times that I've I've watched tape or watched the games, it's it's been Utah has put their tight ends in bad positions to make plays. Um, and, and what I mean is just angles in the blocking game. It, because they are part-timers, you really can't depend on them to block like like offensive linemen do, and even offensive linemen struggle with certain angles. You know, if you're trying to reach a guy who's who's maybe outside of your area or or lined up in a different technique, that can be confusing. It can be difficult physically to get there, and so I think all of this factors into the fact that as we're reviewing what the tight end position is. Part of what makes Brand Keithy so special is his versatility in that. He can block. He can catch passes. He can run. I think Cole Fotheringham does a great job and doesn't get a lot of the attention that Keithy does. But because Fotheringham is such a massive uh, athlete, he draws a lot of attention in the routes that he runs. He runs a little bit more shallow, and so he doesn't catch as many passes because it usually opens up things downfield. And as teams start to close on that those downfield passes it should in theory open things up for for Cole but more often than not teams can't shut down the downfield passing uh what they really try to do is shut down the run and as we've seen the Utah's been pretty elite at that so that's kind of a an overview of why 12 is so important why we see the two tight ends that we see so often very the most and why we probably haven't seen as much of Dalton Kincaid or Thomas Yasmin because it, we're asking a lot of those guys, especially with Yasmin who's never played and Kincaid who was a recent transfer. Now this year going forward, I think we probably could see some versatility with both of those guys going forward. Um, but for, for having two of the higher rated tight ends in the 
Pac-12. It's asking a lot to try and get all of those guys reps. There's just not enough balls to go around to all four tight ends, all six wide receivers, the running backs, and the quarterback, unless you're running 80, 90 plays a game. And that's where I think Utah has really tried to stop burdening their defense is by limiting the number of plays that they run on offense. So they slow things down a little bit. They try to get the defense off the field. They want them to play about 60 to 65 snaps max. If you can get more snaps on offense, even better, but it's just really hard to keep that ratio super broad. So that's kind of where we sit with things. And I think as we continue to review the position a little bit, the other aspect of it too, is that with a talent like Brant Keithy, you have to use him in a variety of ways. And so you're going to use him more than you're going to use Cole Fotheringham, for example. Cole is just, he's going to have to do the dirty work, but that's okay because he's really good at it. And he makes some really big plays in the blocking game that people don't see. And and really, the most important part of the run game is being able to be wide on the field and having a tight end that can set the edge there and really help you widen out the defense to create those run lanes even more naturally. It, it's a massive benefit to him. So as we review our tight end position, that's kind of where we go through is the U-back, the athlete, the glory, so to speak, position. And then, you know, our, our standard tight end who really doesn't get the same amount of attention in terms of the running plays the passing plays catches touchdowns etc but does a lot of the important dirty work while we're on the subject of dirty work i want to transition a little bit to some of the dirty work that i've had to do lately with my car we talked the salad incident it, it lives on in my brain forever and every time I look over in my passenger seat, I can just feel the ranch dressing that seeped into my cushion. So the other day, I went to Rock Auto and I ordered some seat cleaners. Got here, was able to clean it out. My car feels great. It feels fresh. It feels new. And the best part about it was I didn't break the banks trying to get that here. And that's why we love Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned enterprise. They've been in business for more than 20 years. They have great selection great prices you're going to get the right part for your vehicle every single time it's a better price than you're going to find in stores they deliver it right to your door so when you have to get the dirty work done with your car and we're not all driving as much anymore but you're going to start driving more i promise and so now is the perfect time to get that dirty work done or maybe while you're on your lunch break go fix something real quick get the car cleaned up make sure it's nice and shiny and ready to go for when things do start to pick up even more and you can find all that at rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need let them know that you went that you bought from Rock Auto, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so that they know that we sent you rockauto.com. Transitioning over to the unknowns. So, so that was a really lengthy discussion about 12 personnel and why it matters. There are a lot of great resources on the internet. One of my favorites is insidethepylon.com. If I need to learn more about some terminology or or a certain set that maybe I don't recognize or I've seen because football is evolving at such a rapid rate now that's usually where I like to go to read more about it there are plenty of details about 12 personnel just go find somewhere on the internet or hit me up at brown bear slc I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that I possibly can but 
the important part about it is that we're seeing that Utah is really dedicating themselves to this aspect of football. And I think the biggest reason is because of the run game. They like the versatility that it gives them with the run game, the ability it gives them to set the edge, to run a lot of split zone, to run a lot of G counter. We didn't see a lot of that with the QB this year because, as I've said multiple times, he can run, but he's not a running QB. Uh, I think if we had seen more of Cam rising, we probably would see a lot more of that. Jaquindon Jackson, I would in- absolutely expect to be heavily evol- involved in that kind of action. We saw it some with the Jason Shelley packages of the past. Tyler Huntley, not as much, but just because they wanted to prevent the injury. But I thought Tyler was also a pretty effective guy in the run game as well, especially early on before he kind of amassed some some injuries. But as we transition to the next step, I wanted to talk a little bit about Thomas Yasmin and Dalton Kincaid. The The initial discussion at Ute Zone was just why haven't we seen Yasmin? And he had so much uh, hype and publicity coming over, and, and there are people that are saying, well, he hasn't panned out yet, so obviously he's not any good. And I think that there's a better explanation than just that he's not any good. And it's that he is essentially learning how to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver after having never played football. And part of what I see when I watch Yasmin is that his body just naturally does a lot of the things that a a football player does on the field. And it does it incredibly well. He can elevate and high point of football He is a a natural, smooth, explosive athlete. And so seeing him and watching him do those things, sometimes we used used to talk about levels of competency when I was a football coach. And one of those levels is unconscious competence. And that's when you're executing, but you're not aware that you're executing or you don't know why it is that you're executing. You're just out there doing it. And I think that Yasmin has been on that level for a little bit now. Now, I think through this year, as we started to see him play on special teams a little bit more, we started to see him in some three and four tight end sets. He's going to play in that Cole Fotheringham role because of his size, because of his athleticism, because of his strength. And so you're not going to see him out on routes catching a lot of balls. I actually have a little bit of a complaint with that. I would love to see him on red zone situations, especially he and Cole Fotheringham, where they both are elite leapers and very explosive athletes and can get up and go get footballs. We saw that with Cole at UCLA a few years ago when Britton Covey threw that ball and he just threw it up and Cole went up and mossed the DB from UCLA. I think that Yasmin has that ability too. Now, we always talk about doing things the Utah way and Utah is not just going to throw him out there to the Wolves unless they're confident in his ability and his knowledge of the system. And so that's what they're waiting on the most with Thomas is just, can you be an, an adequate blocker every down? Can you execute the route tree properly do you know how to do this in in this situation do you know what happens when you have to inside release as opposed to an outside release how much do you know about football because there's not a, a major margin of error for utah i think they're a team that plays and has to execute at a really high level because of the system and the style that they play some of that could be alleviated if you had better athletes and i think as we've seen 
especially on the defensive side of the football, as Utah started to attract more four-star talent, that defense started to come along much, much quicker. And some of it is just because the athletes are just better. Some of it is because the quality of the football players is better. Some of it is just that the system is so tried and true now that I think the, the coaching staff really knows how to develop those guys. But that's where I sit with Yasmin is it's not so much that he hasn't developed as it is that there's just so much to learn on both sides as the, as a wide receiver, as an offensive lineman. And on top of that, you've got one of the best tight ends in the league, in the Pac-12 conference, I should say, in front of him and Cole Fotheringham. So there's only so much that you can do with that. And I don't think that Yasmin really fits in that you back role the way that Brant Keithy or Dalton Kincaid does because Kincaid and Keithy are a little bit more athletic they're a little bit more slight they can maneuver a little bit better they can bend a little bit more they're a little bit more athletic to get around defensive ends and and, and can beat those grabs and, and get off of uh, jams and things like that from safeties and linebackers they have the athleticism to beat those guys they have the size and physicality to beat defensive backs. And so those tweener types, I don't think you really want to be interchangeable too much with them. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you want to motion and you want to flop and you want to do all those crazy things. I think we've seen with Washington how successful they've been with that. And they've even doubled down on it even more to try and get more tight ends out there. And it's starting to cost them in the wide receiver department. But I think with Utah, we should start to see more of Yasmin and Kincaid. I think what you'll see is if Utah decides to go double tight sets, maybe on short yardage or things like that, that you'll see more of Yasmin, and, and you have seen more of that. The other thing, too, is that they have guys like Falcon Kalmatule who played tight end in high school but are converting to offensive line that they can put in in those short yardage situations and, and provide more force. So Yasmin is kind of in a tough spot because he's got great Titans ahead of him, two Pac-12 all-conference type guys, and then also he's trying to learn. So to expect him to outpace guys that have been playing football their entire lives I think is, is a really tough expectation. Now with Dalton Kincaid, Last year was his first year. He's learning the offense. He's he's playing at a D1 level for the first time. He's coming from San Diego, which is still FCS school. And coming up to the FBS level, you're, you're drinking from a fire hose a little bit. And I thought he did pretty well. We saw some instances where he had potential to make plays. And so the expectations as we're previewing them, I, I the hard part is how do you get them all involved in the offense? And we like to joke about running four tight end sets, but I think unless you're putting Keithy in the backfield as a running back and then using Kincaid as the U-back, that's a pretty tough situation to put in there. Now, you can try and put four tight ends into the pattern, but unless you're catching the defense off guard and they have their dime package in, it's really not going to give you a massive advantage unless you're maybe in the red zone and trying to go up top to where Yasmin and and Fotheringham are the two guys who can go get the balls. And I think that those situations were pretty rare uh, throughout this season. And and to be honest, like I, I think some of it too, we saw Brant Keithy go back in the Wildcat. So maybe that'll be an option too. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think Andy, Andy Ludwig will have some options and, and he'll have the off season and an improved unit on offense with hopefully some stability at the quarterback position to where he can evolve and play with those things just a little bit more. We talk about it a lot on here, betonline.ag. It is my favorite place to go and 
check the lines for upcoming games. If I have a certain wager or a game that I feel comfortable on, that's who I use. BetOnline.ag sets the lines for all sorts of different matchups. They can set custom lines for you. There's all sorts of different games to play. Gameplay there, casino-style games, whatever it is that you're looking for, that's the place to go. Reminder, BetOnline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. Simple math here, 100 bucks. promo code LOCKEDON. Turn it into 150 bucks. Simple as that. You can use the $50 to play around, uh, to test your luck. You can double that, and then all of a sudden now you're playing with $200 rather than just the $100 that you started with. NFL games of the week, college basketball, NBA, whatever your sport, Bet Online will allow you to wager on it. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag, enter that promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I was chatting and texting back and forth with a friend today, and they said, hey, I've heard all your reads. I've listened to you talk about it ad nauseum on the podcast. I finally did it. I ordered some Bilt Bars. And I just texted back the excited emoji, the little girl with a bow in her hair just shaking her hands. And I said, you won't regret it at all. And that's because, as we talk about, Built Bar is the perfect snack. It can be a meal replacement if you're trying to really cut calories. It, it, it is filling. It is satisfying. It is healthy. It is tasty. 18 different amazing flavors, some with nut, some without nut. You can mix and match. You can order the, uh, the entire um, variety box. Uh, the best part about it is whatever you order, you get 20% off with the promo code locked on. They are great for the health conscious individual. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in, in a delicious treat. Built bars helped me a lot. I'm trying to cut more weight down, but I've already lost quite a bit. Um, we'll reveal that at a later date, exactly how much it is, uh, when I'm actually finished. But the best part about it is is the health-conscious aspect. 180 calories with 18 grams of protein and only 5 grams of net carbs. So if you're trying to go keto, if you're going low-calorie, if you're going low-carb, it's going to fit all those profiles. The best part about it is, is it's got the right kind of protein in there that your body needs. So when you're hungry, when you need a, a little extra snack, when you're in the morning and, and you need to get going, have a built Bar instead of a you know, sugary cereal or something like that that's just going to slow you down and let it kick you up. Get the brain going. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for 25% for twenty off your purchase. That's BuiltBar.com. Okay, that wraps up the uh, tight end segment of the show. We're going to close things off here just in a little bit. But some news and notes, an interesting hire in the NFL as – Brian Johnson, former Utah quarterback, current Florida offense coordinator, has taken a job with the Philadelphia Eagles as their quarterback coach. It's a really interesting move on the part of Brian. I think most people would have pictured him as being a college coach forever, but he is going to the NFL to coach, and he's taking on a really tough job with Carson Wentz, a guy who needs to rebound a little bit, who needs to really figure out if he – has the mental capacity to play in the NFL if he can get things back on track. I think that Brian has shown that he has a great track record of 
of getting the best and the max out of his quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Kyle Trask, two of the ones that stand out the most in my mind, Felipe Franks, another one who who played pretty well for Florida for a while until he ended up transferring. But I think it's a very calculated move on the part of Brian Johnson because it gives him longevity. He can go to the NFL. He can be a quarterback coach there. He can continue to rise up the ladder. He is a bright guy. And I think the other part of it, too, is that it is an absolute grind to be a coach in the college football level. And I think that a lot of college coaches are trying to make that jump to the NFL because they don't have to do the 24-7 recruiting anymore. It's year-round now. The cycles never end. You may have times where it's a dead period, but you're still having to communicate with the kids. You know, There's been a lot of discussion about how Kyle McDonald will play Xbox and whatnot, and, and that's one of those tools that guys use to build those relationships when they're recruiting with kids. And it's such a demanding part of the job now that a lot of college coaches are looking to make that move to the NFL. The other aspect of it is it's a big gamble by Brian Johnson because if it comes through, he's going to be one of the hottest names out there. So he'll he'll probably get a lot of offensive coordinator jobs, maybe even some head coaching jobs. And so it's while it's an interesting move, I don't think the risk on his part is very, very heavy because he can always go back to the college level. But if he does have an interest in the NFL, I think this is a great place to do it and a great time to do it because you basically go in with nothing to lose and everything to gain. Additional news, Ricky Parks, recent Utah signee, gained a fourth star, and it was a much-deserved fourth star. I think he he ends up being the highest-rated running back uh, in Utah's history, if I'm not mistaken. Steve Bartle will for sure have that information up on utonzone.com, so you can go there and read more about it. But he is a really talented back. My comparison for him has been Gus Edwards. Uh, Some people like to call him... Zach Moss 2.0. I don't know if I really want to put that on him. Zach was a pretty rare breed, and we saw his impact with Buffalo, you know, when he sat out and uh, the offense kind of stalled out a little bit against the Chiefs without his uh, versatility and his ability to help keep the offense balanced and keep the defense off balance. So well-deserved for Ricky Parks. He, he is in the program as far as I know. I'll need to double-check on that. But I'm almost positive he's in an early enrollee. In fact, we've talked about it before. So good opportunity for him to get a jump start on things. And, and this is more a uh, reward for the hard work that he's already put in as much as anything. But with him being up on campus, that's not going to mean anything to the coaching staff. They're going to make him work just as hard as everybody else. But I do think that he's a guy that could potentially see some time. And and so what it does more than anything is it bumps the Utah ratings up. It, it, it's a testament to what the program is and, and, and to their ability to recruit and identify running backs and the talent at that level. And so that's that's really cool for both Ricky and for the program. Wanted to close it out with just a little bit of gymnastics news. This one on the recruiting front. A local gymnast has signed with the University of Utah. Her name is Sage Thompson. She's from Sky Ridge High School. She is the Junior Olympic Uneven Bars National Champion, and she is a tremendous gymnast. She also has an incredible story. I would recommend everybody go to utahutes.com, go to the gymnastics page there, and read about her story because she's done some incredible things through some very tragic experiences and and her story is super inspiring now she originally had chosen to go to cal but she rethought that and decided to go to the university of utah it's very rare that a local gymnast lands at the u and so that's a really cool story in my mind and like i said i encourage i want her to tell her story rather than me just recite it so go to the go to the utahutes.com website read about her story read about what she's done to uh 
overcome this the adversity that she's seen in life and uh welcome sage thompson to the university of utah family and specifically to the gymnastics team uh what a great story what a great young woman and how exciting to have a local gymnast and a local star a hometown hero if you will back up on the hill competing for the red rocks that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Reminder, subscribe, rate, review. Jake should be back uh, for our Friday episode. We'll discuss a little bit of the changes coming up with the Locked On Podcast Network. Nothing but good things. And, uh, you know, a quick quick aside, just huge congratulations to David Locke. Uh, a sincere thank you from me. I know Jake has probably said the same thing on Locked on Cougars, but David has taken a chance on a lot of people, myself included, Jake included, to do something that we love, to give ourselves an opportunity to hone our skills with his name literally attached. And it's paid off hugely for him. And I'm excited to continue with this new transition that we'll talk about a little bit more. I'm also very excited for him because he is an incredibly hardworking man and he deserves this and he has done so much good for the Locked On family, and it is literally a family. I appreciate all of the co-hosts that we work with and talk with all the time, and, and they are such great people, and, and we are all striving to give uh, the most to the people who subscribe and listen to us so that they can continue, and, and all the congratulations and the thanks in the world to David for taking a chance on me and Jake and letting Locked On Utes become a thing. So that's how we'll end the show today. Keep your sticks on the ice. We'll be back tomorrow with more Utah content here on Locked On Utes Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network for Thursday, January 28th, 2021.